Happened, you talked about it on the fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 305. Sorry, Miss Jackson. I am for real here at 305 in the morning on the fan on a Friday. Fan Friday for real. It's a lot of F's. 877-337-6666. All right. We talked plenty of football here in opening segment in the opening hour. Giants, despite the nonsense, I expect them to win this game. I think they're better than the Raiders, believe it or not, especially if Daniel Jones is healthy. We'll see. And I think Saquon Barkley is going to have a big day. And I'm really not buying the hype of the Raiders suddenly turning it around because they fired their coach. Nonsense. I don't buy it for a second. Let's talk about something I do want to buy. I'm amazing at these things. I did not plan that out at all. And suddenly, boom, I transition right into the buy. Every once in a while, you got to pat yourself on the back. Nobody else does. There is something I want to buy, especially if I'm a an owner of a New York baseball franchise. Because there are reports today that Craig Council, manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, free agent manager, but free agent manager of formerly of the Brewers, likes it in Milwaukee, apparently. And despite being the toast of the, the baseball world as a manager and being regarded as a young, talented manager, and we're seeing now with Bruce Bochy, how important managers are. And I do think he's a young, talented manager who has obviously a connection with the new baseball, uh, uh, head of baseball uh, operations for the Mets and David Stearns. And so the report came out today as the Mets are looking for a manager and they've made, I guess they've had a prelim, uh, preliminary call with them. They're going to have another meeting with them. They've talked and met with Carlos Mendoza, the Bench coach of the New York Yankees, who's been interviewed before, been up for some different jobs before. I think he's up for the Guardians job as well right now uh, with Terry Francona leaving. But here's here's the thought process I have, and it's one of those things where I kind of put it in the same category of David Stearns, where this has been an unkept secret, and you know it's the guy they want. You knew when you read between the lines of hearing Steve Cohen talk about waiting for the right person and the guy to head this baseball operations and you don't just hire anybody and blah, 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 blah. And if, and it, it might have been a little bit of BS talk after, you know, the first 16 people didn't want the job. And it took them – it was a it was a difficult hire to make. But ultimately, you knew who they wanted and you knew it was Stearns. And ultimately, they got him. And now, I don't know for sure – I'm not 100% positive. I don't bet my mortgage on it. I, but I feel pretty confident in saying that I think Stearns and the Mets want Council to be the manager of this team. I'd be surprised if he's not the absolute guy they want. I'm sure they're talking to everybody else. They're doing their due diligence. There's things you know you have to do. And I'm sure they're open to many guys, and he's not the only person they think can do the job, but I think that's who they want. And if the report's coming out today out of Milwaukee, are that Craig Council will be willing 
to stay with the Brewers if they match whatever contract he's offered from anybody else. So pretty much, it's not all about money. But if the Brewers are going to match another number he gets, then he'll stay with Milwaukee. He's comfortable there. And I'm sorry, but now is the time to go do Steve Cohen things. You like to, you like to trade away pieces and, and eat a lot of the contract to get prospects back? This is on the same level. It's even better than that because this has nothing to do with your salary cap. This has nothing to do with the different rungs of the luxury tax. This has nothing to do with how much money you put in the pocket of the teams competing against you. This has nothing to do with any of it. This is just pure money your guy is willing to spend for the betterment of his team. And nobody, and I mean nobody, inside baseball has proven that in his short time of being an owner more than Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, what, what he did with Verlander and Scherzer is practically unprecedented in baseball to eat all that money and especially for Scherzer who's got a you know he's got multiple years on this thing they both have multiple years on this thing to eat all the kinds of money they're eating to bring back top level prospects for over the hill pitchers who sure help you celebrate championships even if they don't help you win them i mean that's that's a superpower that your owner has that no other owner has and i'm seeing a couple people talk about, and I've talked to a couple of my Met fans, like, hey, if it's just about the money, then, you know, uh, I want someone who's passionate and wants to be here. Oh, So players can go out there and get every dollar, but God forbid a manager's like, hey, I can go to the Mets. I can go. I feel comfortable there. I've worked with Stearns. I, I can go other places, you know, if they want to really show me a lot of money. But ultimately, if money, well, everything being equal, I'll stay in Milwaukee. What's wrong with that? That's the American dream, people. You got a problem with the American dream? I don't think so. This is when the owner steps in and says, you call Milwaukee and you go, what's the highest number you want to give because I'm going to give another dollar. So don't even bother. Don't play with me. I wipe my butt with Jackson Pollock's. Do you understand me? you understand me, sir? Now is the time for Steve Cohen, if this is the guy they want. I don't know that for sure. I think that's the case. Go out there and get your manager. Managers are important. The relationship between GM or president of baseball operations, whatever title Stearns has, whatever the head honcho is running the organization, his relationship with the manager is essential to a functioning operation inside this baseball thing. It's just the way it is. That's how it's been. I I still think he has a voice of his own. I don't think he's just a puppet for the GM. I don't think there is that situation. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's was with Buck. I don't think it's with Boone and Cashman. They have a working relationship. And if you want to say that's always levied towards the boss having the 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 say, that's how it's always been. I was just watching the. I was just watching the. uh, The the documentary on Yogi Yogi Berry was fired after sixteen games. Steinbrenner's the boss. If he didn't like it, he fired you. And everyone clamors for those days when action was taken. There's always a boss, uh, you know, a uh, employer-employee working dynamic. But ultimately, it's a collaborative effort where counsel or Boone or whatever manager has a say in what's going on, but he gets a lot of information, and things don't just get made 
on uh, you know besides in-game decisions, but overall arcing things about what happened with the team don't get made in a silo. They get made as a collaborative team. That's how baseball works, and I'm, it's probably still how it's being worked in Texas. You think Chris Young isn't involved in what's going on on the day-to-day operations? Right? He's not calling down to the bullpen and saying, this is the reliever I want to put in. But ultimately, they talk about things. Bruce Bochy isn't doing everything by the seat of his pants. He's just a good manager and a good baseball man who's a calming influence and knows how to get the best out of his players. And Craig Council, well, not having nearly the resume that Bruce Bochy has or any kind of winning on any kind of real, real level. In fact, they kind of underachieve in the postseason. But ultimately, year in and year out with not a lot of money and a lot of different players and a team that you never really look at and go, wow, what an impressive group that is, other than maybe some of the top end of the starting pitching and back end of the bullpen prior, you know, with Bader in previous seasons. But ultimately, he's done a really nice job with the Milwaukee Brewers to consistently be a playoff team battling for that division. Consistently. And he has a relationship with Stearns. If he's the guy, go get him. Don't mess around. I don't think Steve Cohen will. So that's why if if he's not the manager of this team, it's because the Mets didn't want him. Because I can't imagine Steve Cohen or he just, that the story's not true and he took less money to go back to Milwaukee. Because if the Mets want him, Steve Cohen's going to pay him. It doesn't affect payroll. It doesn't affect luxury tax. It's just money to improve your team and he's been willing to show you he'll do it. So go get him. This is easy for me. I saw that story and I said it has no impact on whether or not he's going to be the manager. None. I still feel exactly the same as I felt yesterday. If he's going, if he, if they want him, he's going to be here. If they want him, he's going to be here because Steve Cohen will pay for what he wants. There's no doubt about it, and that's exactly what should happen. And I, I, there is no bidding war with Steve Cohen. Win it. I don't care what it costs. Who cares how much money the manager makes? Really, like, if if some obscene amount of money gets released, like, if that's the story, Craig Council signs four-year deal for $50 million, something crazy for managers, like, just something out of the realm of what we thought was plausible. Who cares? What the hell do you care? Why would a Met fan care that your manager's overpaid? You got the richest owner in baseball. You got the guy you wanted. That's it. Who cares if, if it's a disaster, he gets paid for five years, absorbing amount of money? Or who cares if they underachieve, he gets paid so much money? Who cares? It's not your money. It's not affecting the payroll. It's not affecting any other decisions. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's a weekend in Vegas for Steve Cohen. It's nothing. Go get your guy. And I firmly believe he will. So the story that he wants money, great. We have it. Steve Cohen should just walk to his house with a pile of bills and just go uh, this many because that's how that's how Steve that's how Steve Cohen spends his money. You know that Steve Cohen. I'm telling you right now, if Steve Cohen walked into a supermarket and bought a gallon of milk, he would just take out a wad of hundreds and go uh, uh, take whatever you need. He has no idea. Go buy Craig Council like you buy milk. Jake in Brooklyn, what's up, Jake? How are you, big man? I'm doing great on this Friday show. morning. Been a fan of the show since Craig Carr and Roberts. I definitely think you're the best. Uh, Evan, you're the best on the fan right now. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a long winter without Carr and Roberts. But um, um, one point before I get to the Mets, I cannot stand seeing Scherzer holding that trophy. The guy just, like, sneaks out of the Mets, let off season and get the World Series. I mean, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. 
I hear, you, I hear you, but I mean, ultimately, he didn't have anything to do with it. So, and you knew he was—he was, he was miserable. That's what makes it even worse. That's what yeah. makes it even worse that he stalled in the trophy and nothing to do with it. But uh, uh, my point to the Mets. I wonder what you think. What do you think? What do you think the 2024 Mets are going to look like? What do you, who do you think they're going to go after? Who do you think is going to be on the team? Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm still battling the cough a little bit. Hold on one second. I apologize, Jake. Thank you for hanging in with me. Um, who do I think? Uh, well, first of all, they're going to target. They're going to have discussions with Otani. I don't know if they're going to get Otani, but they are going to be in the market for Otani. And I don't know if there's another team that is more likely to get him. It's just a matter of if it's the field, you know, Mets versus the field. You could say the field. I don't know about the West Coast and all that stuff, but I think they're definitely going to be in for Otani. I'd be surprised if. Um, Alonzo's not on the team. I don't. I don't know. I think they're going to go out and look for starting pitching. So what? What? What will they attack? I, I think you could see them go for a Montgomery. You could see them go for a Yamamoto. You could see them attack the high end of what and what really is a lousy free agent class all all around. Um, what about so, Soto? Yeah, the thing with Soto, I, I could see them go for Soto. There's no reason not, and they could certainly pay the contract. And he he's he's been open about liking hitting in that ballpark. I, he wants to be on the East Coast. It's closer to his family. I think the Mets fit as much as the Yankees fit. I don't know if they're as desperate as the Yankees for that exact left-handed outfield fit. And I don't know. Like, the other thing about the Mets right now is Steve Cohen's made it a concerted effort to talk about building up the farm system. Like, they've, they've, they've tried really hard to build back this farm system. And they talk about developing pitching and like you can't just live on this free agent class and and the way they spend money over and over again you got it that's why he attacked the top of the rotation the way he did with older players it's just money he wanted great players he was willing to spend big time money he hoped he could get the last two good years from Verlander and Scherzer or whatever the case may be cuz he wants he to build from within so if you're you think they're going to be a contender I think they're going to be a contender. Of course, it's baseball. Of course, they're going to be a contender. But my point and is, they got no starting pitching. They'll figure it out. They'll get some starting. They'll go. That's why. And plus, that's why I think they're more likely to get Otani than they are to go out and get Soto because Soto's going to cost you prospects and money. Like if if you're looking at it and with this owner and the amount of money he's willing to spend, why not just go spend money? Why am I giving up prospects when I've gone when I've talked about this over and over again? that I have to develop from within. I have to build these prospects. Now i got to give up two or three of my top prospects to get Juan Soto here and then give him money when I could just go get Otani and he can help me pitching in a year and be the same kind of slugger, if not better. Like, it's just, uh, to me, the Mets are much more in the Otani sweepstakes than they are the the um, the Soto sweepstakes. Just because, just because of giving away prospects. Because the Mets have talked about this. He's openly talked about the farm system being nowhere. The Yankees farm system is better overall. There's more depth in the Yankee farm system as far as I understand. I'm not going to tell you I'm you know, extremely learned on both of their farm systems to compare them. But from what I understand and what I've read, in there, the, the Mets do have some top-level prospects. Now, if you, if you put Alvarez past that and he's just the Met catcher and you put, uh, you know, Volpe passed. He's just a Yankee shortstop. But, I mean, they've had some top-level prospects, Mauricio, Beatty, but ultimately the depth in the organization isn't great, especially in the pitching department. The Yankees probably have overall better depth and more middling prospects or mid-level prospects that could be the the tail end of a, a deal 
to get them Soto as opposed to the Mets, where you're talking about there's really not a lot of guys in the mid-level where, all right, maybe your top two or three are just as good or better than anybody, but then that's it. Like from there, you don't have a lot of guys five through 12 that are as good as other organizations. So if you have to give, like other organizations might be able to give just the one top guy and then a, a piece or two somewhere down the line where the Mets don't have anything that really entices you mid-level. So it's like, no, you got to give me two of your top guys. And are the Mets really looking to give away top-level prospects when they've been going on and on and on about building up their farm system? Now they got to give that up and pay $400 million. Why not just pay $500 million for, for Otani? Why mess around and trade prospects and spend $100 million less? Like, it doesn't make it to me. It's almost like, why would I do that? Why would I give up? He look what he's willing to do. He's willing to eat contract to bring in prospects. That's what he's looking to do. He's looking to bring in prospects, spend money while acquiring prospects. So if he has Otani on one hand at five hundred million, let's just say let's let's even say I don't know five hundred fifty million, and then you've got Soto at four hundred or four hundred fifty million. Why would I also give up prospects and to save a hundred million? What does he care about a hundred million? I know that's crazy for you and me because I care about $100. But, I mean, he's he doesn't care about $100 million. So, for me, I don't think the Mets are as good a fit because I don't think they want to trade. I think they'd rather just attack this thing. Go get Yamamoto. Go get Otani. And now you've got your slugger. You've got your starting pitcher. And then you've got next year another starting pitcher to go on top of it. And you've got, you know, listen, you've got the, the greatest Japanese rotation of all time. But, I mean, that's what I think the Mets are more likely to do, where the Yankees are desperate for this perfect fit. And they have all these prospects. You can't play them all at, at the top level. Like, And, again, it's not like their farm system is so much better than the Mets or so much better than anybody else's necessarily. But I think the desire to make that big move, the desire and the willingness – to make that move and then pay him separates them from other teams not named the Mets. So it's like it's the the, the willing to give him the $450 million separates him from other organizations. Not everyone, but some. The amount of high-level prospects probably separates them from others. And the ability to do both, I mean separates them from the Mets because I don't think the Mets want to give up prospects and spend money. They'd rather just spend money. They're spending money to acquire. The last thing they want to do is spend money and send out talent. It's the last thing the Mets want to do. Now, if they lose out on, if it's clear that Otani doesn't want to come to the East Coast and it's it's a non-starter and they're not, they know they're out of that, then maybe. But I, I don't see it as, as great a fit for the Mets as I do for the Yankees. The Yankees desperately need this. And the fan base, while disappointed with the Mets, sure. And, you know, angry. Um, you know, Frank the Tank certainly is. And different. there are different Mets fans who are angry that the idea that they were 101 wins and everything was supposed to be great, and here they are falling on their face again, another miserable season. It's not the same level of disconnect that the Yankee fan base has with this organization. Hal Steinbrenner has a problem on his hands that a lot of the fan base despises the team. Like, I deal with it all the time. They hate the Yankees. The fan base hates the team. For whatever reason, not winning the World Series, having hitters that strike out, not performing in the clutch, whatever the reason is, I think it's a bit much. I think the level of, of 
of vitriol for the organization as a fan, for me, for the Yankees, is a bit much. I get it with the Jets. I get it with the Giants. Like, they've been the worst teams in the sport. The Yankees lost the in the ALCS last year, embarrassingly so, but it's... They were, that's like the Giants being in the NFC Championship game. It's like the Jets being in the AFC Championship game. They feel like a million... They're the worst teams in sport. The Jets haven't been in the playoffs in 10 years. That's the 12 years. That's a reason to despise a franchise on some level. The Yankees have done enough for me not to despise them. Frustrated, disappointed, understand that they're flawed in many ways and need to change, all fair, but there is a palpable vitriol. Like, you can feel it. I don't, I don't, Steve Cohen is still riding on cloud nine. All the money he spends, it's, it's a different thing. He's not the Will Ponds. There's not this disconnect with the fan base. The Yankee fans and their, and the organization is at a disconnect right now. And while I don't think they're going to stop showing up at the ballpark and buying their buckets of chicken and buying their beers, ultimately something needs to change and he needs to make a move that signifies he's aware of the issue and to go win. Because I understand it's a business and it's about selling chicken buckets and everybody loves saying that. It doesn't the model doesn't work if they're not a postseason team every damn year. They need left-handed hitting so bad. It's this and this it's not they can go out and get Bellinger. You gotta get both, really. You gotta get both. So I I'm I, I really do think the Yankees are aware of the issue they have. And hopefully they go out and do it. Real quick, Rocco and Saratoga. What's up, Rocco? C-Mac, a.k.a. There's my guy. What's up, Rocco? A.k.a. Danny Greaser. You ready to grease it? <laughs> That's right. Hey, how's, how's Tommy working Peter the candy Dakota, from oh Halloween? Grease lightning, go grease lightning. Let's do, 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 hmm. do, 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 do it. Okay. Okay. Hey, 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 uh, how's uh, my buddy Tommy doing with the stash from Halloween? How's the candy going? Yeah, the can- the candy's good. We've hid most of it um, from them. But, yes, uh, it's going good. You know, they're, 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 we're already moved on to Thanksgiving. Today we were making a turkey. Not a real, not a real, no, a, not, no a paper turkey no, for not school. Cooking. No, 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 okay. Uh, the wife's doing a craft but, turkey. A craft turkey, that's right. That's, yeah, that's right, a craft turkey. It. Damn, you get your turkey early. You no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're already basting it. No, I'm, I'm marinating it in pickle juice. It's going to be delicious. Hey, you got it. Hey, you got to do it good, right? Hey, let's get Juan Soto on the Yanks. Let's yes. get this done and done. And okay, and Shohei is coming to the Mets. That's a done deal. He's got, he wants to be on the East Coast. He knows that's what, where it's happening. That's LA it's and happening. all that. That's right. You don't hear about anything he does on the West Coast until two days later. Yeah, but he might. He I, he, he's he's the he's the face of baseball, though. It's a tough argument. I understand that, what you're that's saying. That's why he's got to be on the East Coast. Nah, that's he, why he's got to be in New York. Rocco, uh, thank you for the call. I got a break. He doesn't. The world is is forever shrinking. He's been the face of baseball, playing non postseason baseball for the Anaheim Los Angeles Angels. He just, uh, if Mike Trout wanted to be the face of baseball, he could have been. He had no interest in it. And Shoy- and I'm not even sure Shoy Otani has an interest in it because he picked going there. Like, he wanted his cake and eat it, too. He wanted to go on the West Coast, but sort of like live in anonymity. Never say that word right. But I, I don't know if he wants, I don't necessarily want, if he wants the smoke of Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is he's a great player. And all I know is New Balance signed him to a, 
a billion-dollar deal or whatever it is, and he's the face of baseball because of what he does. Which, again, in case you want to pick a fight with me, the best baseball player who ever lived. That's what he is. He hasn't had the greatest career. Career. Why do I say it like that? He doesn't have the best career ever, and he hasn't done it for a long period of time, but nobody ever played the game of baseball better than him last year. That time, before the injury. When he's doing both and he's hitting 50 home runs and leading the league in batting average against, nobody's ever played the game of baseball better than that. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone who plays the game of baseball better than anyone who's ever played it. So he can go wherever he wants. Because if you're not interested in him, you shouldn't be an owner in, in, in the team. You shouldn't, you shouldn't own a team. I don't care if you're not interested in f- figuring out a way to get Otani on your team. But what has he won? Let me ask you that, Chris. No, 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 no. You say he's the best? You say he's the best? Okay. What has he won exactly? So let's just go build the cha- – let's go, let's go get nothing but World Series champions. Let's go do that. What has Bryce Harper won? Everybody's going goo goo gaga over Bryce Harper. I can't believe the Yankees didn't sign Bryce Harper. It's the perfect fit. Oh, my God, what an embarrassing. Brian Cashman sucks. How do you not sign Bryce Harper? He's the greatest thing ever. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. What has Bryce Harper ever won? Ugats. And the and the year after he left, they won the World Series. But we have no problem praising Bryce Harper. We pick and we choose. And I hate pickers and choosers. 877-337-6666. We're Monica here with you. On the fan, we'll get into the Jets as well because they're playing a game. I know that they have the extra day. I, I, that's the, I know someone's tweeting me. We're going to get to the Jets, but we have we have Monday to do that as well. But I do, we got to get to the Jets, and they're playing a winnable game too. I got to be totally honest with you. I understand the Chargers aren't the, the Raiders, and the Chargers played well last week, and their quarterback is a stud. I do believe he's a stud. I do believe that. But I also believe that he makes poor decisions late in games. I also believe that his coaching staff stinks. And I also believe that this team has already had more success than they've had, and I don't trust them in a big spot, and I don't trust them off a good game. And I think the Jets are in a good position to have a big Monday night, 877-337-6666. We'll get to that game, more on the Mets and the Craig Council situation if you want, and then the details of the Yankee audit. The company has been released. Just talk to us, Hal. Can you have a press conference already, Hal? The World Series over. We're in the offseason. Talk to us. I miss you. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Doing well? I hope so. It's the weekend. Let's go. It's Friday. It's my weekend. I'm an hour and a half away from the weekend. I got to do some things. I'm, I'm going to Vegas next weekend, so I got to get a haircut tomorrow. Tomorrow's my day to take care of things because I can sleep a little bit better on Fridays. I can go to sleep at a normal time Friday night. But no matter what, the mentality, knowing your next couple of weeks are four-day work weeks. Yeah. Oh, we need to get into the four-day week for four-day work week. It would make things so much better, wouldn't it? And, and, you know, scheduling stuff since we're Listen, talking about... you run about, for president on that platform, McMonagle yeah, 2024. That's it. Although I have to... I, have to, I ran on a... Uh, I ran for um, a treasurer in eighth grade. 
on a uh, a platform of free something. Like I literally, I forgot what it was now, but I made like a stupid speech, and at the end of it, I said free. Uh, I don't know, free vending machines in the cafeteria. And Did I you get lost. one of those lectures of uh, hey, pal, you can't make that <laughs> yeah, promise. Yeah, no. yeah you yeah, can't promise no more homework. That's, I still lost. Doesn't matter. That's all right. I got back. I was. Uh, you ho- promised that and still lost. I, can you believe it? I know. Embarrassing. Yep. I think it was. Christina Frantilisi, did she I mean, what did she promise? No more homework? No, she just, you know, was better looking. I don't know. I just didn't have it. But then that's... I yeah, that'll it do it too. Eighth grade, yeah, middle school. Yeah, I turned, I turned it around though. I was in the homecoming court. I finished runner-up. I'll never forget. There's a funny story. You want to hear a funny story? About, um, you know, self-deprecating story. Uh, so I was, I was in the homecoming court. There was four of us. Four guys, four girls. So I'm in the homecoming parade. So I'm sitting... Um, on the back of a, 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 um, a float. No, no, not a, fl- I wasn't on the float, uh, a convertible. Can't think of the word. So I'm sitting on the convertible with me and uh girl, Nicole, and we're driving around the parade. Now it's the day of the game. We have the homecoming game. Obviously I'm on the football team. So we're riding around on the parade and it gets to like close to where the, uh, End of the parade, and I realize I'm 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 like the game time games in 20 minutes. I can't be on this float. I got to get off. So I get off the float and I run to my father, and he's pissed at me for uh, he was recording the whole thing, and he had like a spot at the end of the parade. And I actually saw the video he showed me years uh, a while back, uh, years later, or whatever. And it's like the the parade's coming up, and there then there's just Nicole sitting in the car and me running. I'm like, we got to get to the game. So I get to the game. I already told that story, but I get to the game. And I used to get my ankles taped. So I walk in, I have the sash and the suit on, or whatever. I'm wearing like a, a sports coat, and I have the, the sash of homecoming cord or whatever, and I run into the game. And the coach was like, an, the, the equipment coach was like an older guy who had been there for a million years. This guy, Cooch, was his name. And he goes, where the hell have you been? And I said, I, he's like, game time's in 20 minutes. you got to tape your ankle. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I've been, you know. He's like, you're in the homecoming court? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I guess fat's in. I'll never forget that. I was like, thanks, Cooch. I appreciate that. Yes, I guess fat is in. Real nice. Did you have another story of something your coach said to you? Uh, I, have so many, I have so many high school football stories. Like a, but along those lines of like, all yeah. right, I guess you can say that to a kid. Yeah. I, I mean, you can now. No. He was like, I guess fat's in. I'm like, yeah, I guess fat's in. I yeah. thought Fleece was just asking, don't you have a lot of stories about being fat? Yeah. Oh, I have plenty of those. <laughs> Can we start with this morning? Because I got like I got like four today. <laughs> That's not what I was saying. I was thinking more like no, you know no, if you no, make it back. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. You can say yeah, it. Yeah. But I, I'll never. I came running in. I'm taking the sash off. Homecoming thing. I'm getting the the jacket off and everything. And everyone's already pretty much dressed. And I'm trying to get dressed real quick. I'm trying to put on Princes in the Universe on the on the radio because that's my jam. And he's like, "We got to tape your ankle." I'm like, "I know. I'm I'm doing what are we on a convertible." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I guess fat's in." See, like, how, I'm thinking this whole thing is poorly organized. The parade is yeah, far away from it, the football game, and it's running this well, close together, yeah. and nobody let the coach know that, hey, McMonagall is kind of well, no, going to be in this parade for yeah, a little they bit. they knew. I just, you know, I didn't miss the game or anything, and the parade's right around the block, but you know how you get delayed. How, how'd you play with the, you know, oh, rush yeah, pregame ceremony? Yeah, we kicked, the, well, I was phenomenal. We kicked the crap out of, jeez, uh, I can't even remember the name now. No, we were phenomenal. I was phenomenal. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was very good. Uh... <laughs> It's high school football. I was good. I have the award. That's all. Nothing. I'm not, you know, I was six foot nothing. I didn't even play college football. But high school football, yeah, I dominated. Uh, especially on homecoming, because homecoming, you pick the crappy team. 
Homecoming, you pick the team you expected to win. Like the most angry I've ever been was at Calhoun. Calhoun High School picked us for homecoming. I felt extremely disrespected. So we had to go up there and beat their ass, which we did. It's the last time you picked Cary High School on homecoming, Calhoun, you idiots. Well, that's one smart. way to respond. You could be the Jets who were right. picked by the Patriots as the homecoming game. Go give 50 points. Yeah, exactly. I think I think our homecoming was against Belmore, I think I want to say. Belmore JFK, I think. But I, well, I, I don't remember. know. You're looking at me like I'm going to give I you the answer. Yeah, you don't I don't remember know. that? No, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. 2000? You remember that? Yeah, no. All I know is a lot to a little, and I pancake some poor bastard. <laughs> That's all I know. It's true. But yeah, I have a lot of uh, my my coach was insane. I I hope I I don't even I got to make sure I feel comfortable telling some of the stories on them. But that Cal, one of the Calhoun games, I'll never forget this. Telling high school football stories. Where am I? Am I Fitz's basement right now, or am I actually on? The I was radio waiting for song? Fleeks to slide up Glory Days underneath and just start riding the bed up a little bit. No, the other night I was at this roadside <laughs> bar, walking in, she was walking out. No, so. We had this game against Calhoun, and we had a, a fast team. Like, our running game was fast, and our quarterback was fast. And we show up, and it hadn't rained in, like, a week, but the field is on, the field is practically underwater. It's nothing but mud. And they claim they had a, a sprinkler incident. And my coach was convinced they did it on purpose to slow us down. Well, Don Shula? That they, yeah, like, they wet the field on purpose to slow us down. He was convinced. So we, 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 we do our workouts, whatever, and then you, you'd run out, you'd, you'd stretch, you'd do a little bit of a workout, you'd come back to the locker room, and then you'd go out for the game. So we come back to the locker room after the warm-ups, and he's yelling, whatever he's yelling. And he's like, and he calls the, me and the other captain up. I was one of two captains. And he calls us up to stand in front of him. And as he's yelling, all of a sudden, he just pull, takes his hand out from behind his back, whatever, and he has a pile of the mud from the field. And he just... Puts it all over my face. This is what they think of you. And I'm like, and I'll never, his pinky got in my mouth with mud. He just decided to just like mud all over my face. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Those bums. Like, I, I couldn't believe he did it. Hmm. And I was like, and then we went out and kicked the crap out of him. So it worked. But did it? I mean, you know, it kind of worked. <laughs> he was one hell of a motivator. I'll give him that. I'm he didn't not, like you much, huh? Is that well? I mean, I was, you know, you know, it's it's one of those fat things. jokes. Yeah, well, the guys that was, that was. Uh, well, I mean, so <laughs> far, I mean, I've been here for five minutes. You got two. And coaches, you're like one of his one, best players too. Right, one's calling yes. you fat. The other one slams you in the face with mud. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, Mac, yeah, I, I don't think they liked it that much. <laughs> I don't think they did either. Uh, See, mean, that might that might have been the coach I was thinking before. You have other stories. Oh, there was yeah. something that's been told. Yeah, yeah. In these three months you've been doing I, this. I, you know, you dominated. I don't think they respected you all that much. Clearly, they took for granted. Yeah, well, no, you don't. You don't slam someone's face. You don't hunter because those are the only football players who get disrespected that much. No, you, you listen. You only shove mud in the face of someone you respect. That was a sign of respect. In no, some yeah. cultures, that's what I do all the time. Yeah, he was practically offering me to his daughter. That's that's what it. That's what it hmm. means. Hmm. You know, it's in some cultures. That's whatever you got to tell yourself yeah. to get through the day, pal. <laughs> he was trying to express to the team that he took the best player, and I wasn't necessarily the best player. I mean, I was, but you know. She stood me up at the movie theater. She really likes me. Yeah. You can tell. Oh, please. You haven't heard, oh, she's mean to me. It means because she likes you. Please. Of course, that's that's the way it works. Yeah, when you're right. four. Yeah. yeah. Or 14 or 16 or whatever I was. 16, 17. I was young because I was born in December. So, yeah, I'm 16 years old playing varsity football, dominating at 16. That's right.
I have nothing else to brag about. I have nothing in my I, I'm life. Still, I'm shocked we haven't right, gotten so some I'm sort just... of glory days or something else underneath. <laughs> something. I, I'm stunned. That's why I'm just like, you know, Keith talks about his career as a, as a football player. So he has my career. I once had mud shoved in my face, right. and my I assistant mean, coach was surprised I, that they would elect a fat kid to homecoming court. Look, I, I'm all for reliving the days. Can, can we slow down? I wasn't even that fat. Can, can we slow down on career? I'm sorry, career. Well, yeah, he had a football career. He played college football. That's oh, okay. a college he, football career. You're telling me about your career in well, high no, school? No, I, it's not no, a career. I, I, didn't, I didn't call it. I said he had a career. Okay, I don't have a career. I don't have a career. I'm just, I'm just saying. I agree with you. I don't have a career. I didn't play in a day of college football. I decided not to. You decided? Yes. Okay. I mean, I could have went somewhere, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I, I I wasn't going to... The, no, you, the the Miami Hurricanes weren't knocking down my door. No, I didn't turn down Penn State. Like, uh, you know, I, I could have went somewhere, yes. Okay. You, I, you're telling me like I saw you play. I don't no, know. No, no. Well, I'm just saying I could have went somewhere, yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I could have. All right. I don't know. I had discussions. I had discussions. Maybe you did. I did. Did you have mud on your face? After homecoming, and then it was glorious because I was like I was like William Wallace out there with with mud and blood all over my face, kicking the crap out of Calhoun. It's true. Referee came up to me after I, I was a pulling lineman. I was uh, I, I was forced to play center after the center got kicked off the team, equator, whatever. I don't, I don't even remember. But I was pulling. And <laughs> Who cares I just, about these people? It's about me. Yeah, of course it's about me. And I just pulled. <laughs> And I knocked this kid, like, just clear across the field. And the referee came up to me. He goes, that's the best block I've ever seen. And I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I cover a lot of <laughs> high school sports. Bro, referees lie to you a lot. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Just letting you know. All right, we'll lie bring- to you a lot. <laughs> After- all right, enough of the McMonagle's great segment, which, by the way, I hope you guys are all picking up on the sarcasm. All right, I'm having a little fun. The stories are true, but I'm having a little fun. I, I know what I am and what I'm not. All right? Dominic. Dominant. I was a dominant high school football player. That's true. Not really. But, I mean, in my little town where nobody came to look. I it's not like I had scouts or anything, you know. But I was good for, you know. I was a big fish in a small pond for a moment. I had a brief moment in time. Back to fat? And that, well, I was still fat. And I still won, like, you know, awards like, you know, high school awards like, you know, teddy bear. Which pretty much meant, like, you know, girls don't like you. Girls want to be your friend. What? Teddy bear? Yeah. Is that I mean, like the uh, the yearbook stuff? Yeah, like most likely, okay. whatever. Like right. we, we had we had like class awards. I so won instead of most likely to, I won most likely yeah, to succeed. Award, you were right. just teddy bear. Right. I won the. I, okay. I think I got three. I got runner up most popular. I got uh, runner up best overall best overall person, and then I got teddy bear first place teddy bear. And I think teddy bear just means like, oh, what a cute guy I'd never date. Wow. Yeah. You had a pretty good high school run. I did. No, I had a great. Uh, I, I peaked. I'm telling you, what, it's, <laughs> I peaked at sixteen. There's no doubt about it. And I just got. I just, I just felt. I just rolled down that hill of fat every day since. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing. I, mean, I wish Cooch could see me now. If he thought that was fat. Listen, if life's if not going to get any better, why be skinny? That's true. That's true. Have fun. That's true. Yeah, Cooch. Cooch. Taping my ankles, calling me fat. 877-337-6666. All right, back to reality. And again, please don't hate me. I'm just having some fun here. We'll come back. We'll have some picks. Marco is unstoppable. Please stop winning. 4-0-1 for Marco. The guy is unstoppable. We'll get to it on when we come back here. McMonagle on the fan. The picks are coming. You want to hear Marco's picks. The guy doesn't lose. 
Daniel Jones brings his team to the line in his first playoff start. He played like a great player tonight. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. And the New York Giants are on to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. coming up that's right we're not trying to sabotage you because we can't stop another winning week another winning week for me and of course Marco can't be stopped so Marco went 4-0-1 he is now 28-11-1 28-11-1 I went 2-1-2 because I also we all have at least one push because the giant check game was a push I also push with Washington. So I'm 2-1-2, and two, bringing me to 23-15-2. Flegelman at 500 last week, 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. He's at 16-22-2, so he's bringing up the rear. But still, I mean, me and you in particular, I mean, we are now 51-26. Well, and 26. You're just talking about dominance. Let's, let's not put you in the same category. I'm no. Let, let's, no. Let's and I there. started like 10 and 4, start, 10, 4 and 1, so yeah, you, the you, last few weeks have just been yeah, you've as had, bad you, as you could yeah, be. You had, like, you had like two or three bad weeks in a row, but you started out hot. Yeah. Amazing. But I got to tell you, Marco, 28 and 11 is pretty freaking impressive. So, please. Well, actually, no. You Let's go with Fliegelman first because I'm, I'm going to wait for yours. Uh, you just want to take some? Okay. All right. I'll see how it goes. Please, yeah. let's go. Tell us what you got there, Fleegman. So everyone who knows, this is how we do our pick segment. We're going to take the locals. We're going to take three other games. All right, and the locals starting off Sunday. I'm going to take the Giants. I'm with you mostly on I don't buy that the Raiders are going to get some huge boost from this game. I think they stink. Now, I would be more likely to back the Raiders if Jimmy Garoppolo was starting. As bad as he's looked, mm-hmm. Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback, not a lot of hype around him anyway. I, I just, you know, the Giants, listen, if Daniel Jones gets hurt a couple plays in, what can you do? I think the Giants might be able to trick themselves into thinking they're still playing for a season. I think they come out, they give you a good effort, and I'm going to have to deal with answering all the Giants fans' calls next week who think, hey, three and six, you know, but you win all these games. Here comes a playoff run before they get slapped around by the Cowboys. So we're going to have to deal with that for a week. Give me the Giants. Monday night, I'd love to as a better back the Jets getting three and a half at home against a Chargers team that loves losing games in big spots, but after sitting through the Zach Wilson experience last week, can't do it. Taking the Chargers. I mean, I'm not touching the Jets again as a better until Zach Wilson shows me so much more than he has. Guy is still a disaster. So those are the two locals and the three other games. Uh, give me the Ravens minus five and a half against the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks have uh, their record is a little better than how they've played. And the Ravens, after that, lost to the Steelers where they shouldn't have lost. They've just been playing great football. I believe in them. That Lions win showed me a whole lot. I love the Ravens. Five and a half might seem like a lot, but I think that line is telling you with the record the Seahawks have coming in with only the two losses, they're five and a half point dogs. Give me the Ravens. I think they win going away. And a couple more favorites. I love the Eagles Sunday uh, against the Cowboys in a game that, unfortunately, we can't watch in New York because of the Giants and the Raiders. Uh, the Cowboys stink against these great teams. Eagles haven't looked their best. I still think they roll here. And then the Texans 
minus three against the Buccaneers. The Bucs, after a nice start, have fallen off. They're a disaster. couple close, tough losses for the Texans. I think they get the job done at home. All right. Marco, we're up against the time. Oh, this is me. All right. Yeah, yeah, you. So the three games. No, I know you think that because you're in the lead. I thought you wanted me to go last. You wanted to take a couple. All right. The three games. Give me the Bengals laying the one and a half against the Bills. Uh, Buffalo are just flat out frauds. Uh, Cincinnati has found something. They're at home. And I think this game means a lot to them because they don't like the fact that Buffalo constantly keeps talking, especially in the playoffs last year, where they went into Buffalo and they beat him. And then all you heard was, well, if it didn't snow. So I think Cincinnati's got a little point to prove. And Buffalo has just not shown me much in the last few weeks. The one game against the Dolphins, other than that, they had a lot of games that they should have lost. The Eagles, I'm with Fleegs, laying the three against the Cowboys. They own Dallas. They just do, especially at home. I don't think Dallas is ready for this step up, even though Philadelphia hasn't played great all season. But it's almost the yeah, but. 7-1, and one, yeah, but you haven't played great. I think they make a little bit of a statement in this one. The other game I like, I like the Falcons laying three and a half against the Vikings. You're finally going to Taylor Heineke. You have stability at the quarterback position. Is he great? No, but he's not Desmond Ritter. And that was my biggest gripe with the Falcons all year yeah. is that Desmond Ritter he's can't brutal. do anything. Yeah. So if you have a stable, competent quarterback who's going to make a few mistakes here and there, but he's okay. That's basically what it is. And you're facing Jaron Hall because remember, Kirk Cousins is gone. Yeah. So I don't know if Minnesota, a little bit of a letdown without Cousins. Sure. It's three and a half. It's a it's a tough hook. I don't care. Yeah. Give me the Falcons. The two locals, uh, I'm with Fleegs. Give me the Giants plus the one and a half. I would much prefer this game. I'd feel really good for the Giants if McDaniels was still there. I do think that the Raiders get a little bit of a push. I think the Aiden O'Connell, if Wink Martindale can confuse him enough, yeah. and the fact that Patrick Graham's defense is predicated on 20 to 20, we'll give you what you want. We won't get beat deep. We'll stiffen in the red zone. Giants love the four-yard comeback route. If you're going to give them that all day, they're going to complete it, and they're going to constantly do it because that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go over the top. They're afraid to. Yeah. So I think that kind of plays into their hands. Can they score in the red zone? Probably not, but you're going to wind up with some field goals now that Randy Bullock is there. I also like the Chargers laying the three-and-a-half against the Jets simply because the Jets don't score. I'm sorry. Justin Herbert, you can make him look, you know, embarrass the uh, good quarterback like Robert Sala like to talk about. Yeah. At some point, you got to score. And they're flat out afraid to score. They're afraid to do anything offensively. Yeah. I just don't see how when the Chargers put up some points, what do you do on the other side? I don't buy it. All right, real quick for me then. I'm going to take a, This is a tough week. You know how I know it's a tough week? I don't have a single, other, other than the locals we're going to get to in a second, I don't have a single underdog. I'm going with the three three favorites. None I of hate, us do. I was, thinking, I and I was looking at that, that board. I hate doing it. There just aren't. They're just, it's, it, they really aren't, but I'm going to take a couple of risky ones. I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you on Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus one and a half. I believe they're back. I believe when they are back and Burrow is healthy, they're as dynamic and good in big game situations as any team in the NFL. And you're right. Buffalo is just not nearly the same. Offensively, defensively, they're completely banged up. I know they traded for some help in the defensive backfield, but they are just, to me, they don't look like a team that is ready to win this kind of game. And I love the way the Bengals are tra- uh, trending. Now, it opened up at a bigger number, and I guess people are – it opened up, I saw it at three and then two and a half. Like, to be down to one and a half, that means money's on Buffalo. I feel like maybe we're walking into one of these things where it seems obvious that it's Cincinnati, but I'm going to stick with it. I like the Cincinnati Bengals in this game. I just – I like Burrow and that offense over Allen right now, so I'm going to take it. Uh, the other game I'm going to take, uh, Browns 
uh, eight and a half over the uh, Cardinals, and Clayton Toon is going to play in this game. All right, and now they have no offense for me. The uh, the running back was the offense. He's on IR. I don't trust this team at all. Once they start, they were playing well with Dobbs, who obviously gets traded away. They started to find their way a little bit. They played good games. They played the Giants obviously in that first half before blowing it. They beat the Cowboys. They had a moment in time where maybe they're not so bad. But we all know what they're trying to do. And once you hit that, just roll off the hill and especially without Connor, who is such an important part of that offense, I think they just take this thing all the way to scorched earth. I don't think there's anything good about this Cardinals team anymore, and I love this Browns defense. Watson practiced earlier in the week. There's a chance he plays in the game, even if he doesn't. I just think this defense absolutely rolls. There's no way the Cardinals score any points. So 8.5, I don't care if it's that number to me should be 12, honestly. So I'm going to take the Browns minus 8.5. And And then the other game, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 1.5. And... Real simple answer. I know it's in Germany. It's not in Arrowhead. I understand that. I have Patrick Mahomes, and all I really need is for him to win the football game. The 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 everything's trending. I understand the Dolphins are getting some of their defense, the, some of the injuries back. Uh, uh, Jalen Ramsey's back. You know they're they're trending in a good direction, but they've played two good football teams this entire year, and they lost both games. And I got Patrick Mahomes coming off the first road division loss of his career against a miserable Bronco team. Like this is a comeback spot, prime time. Yes, it be at nine thirty in the morning. It's the only game being played in Germany, and I just have a feeling. I anytime you get Mahomes. Under three or or a dog, you take them. It's just that plain and simple. Everyone's on everyone. Everyone I see is on Miami. I can't go against Mahomes. Only get minus one and a half. I don't care. I, I love Mahomes in that spot. The number plus the quarterback is enough for me. So I got the Chiefs minus one and a half, Browns minus eight and a half, Cincy minus one and a half. I told you about the Giants. They're going to win the game outright. I just think this quarterback, it's tough for O'Connell to come in against Wink Martindale and this defense and the way they've been playing, the way the defensive backs, these young defensive backs have been playing, the, uh, they still have Dexter Lawrence, the linebacking core and Akora K and Mike McFadden have done a, a tremendous job. If they can stop the run and Jacobs and make him actually try and do something at the quarterback, I don't know if O'Connell's capable. And, you know, I just, I, and I don't buy that they're going to get this big boost from Antonio Pierce being the head coach. I just don't buy it at all. Giants are going to win this football game. Daniel Jones is back. They'll do enough offensively. It won't be pretty. It'll be 17-10 to 10 or something like that. But the Giants are going to win this football game. And then I'm the only dope. I'm going to take the Jets plus three and a half. And I'll tell you why. Plain and simple. I do not trust the Chargers. Ever. And I'm getting that hook. If it was three, I wouldn't, I'd probably still take it because, but I wouldn't love it. I wouldn't bet it in real life. But the hook, something tells me this is a field goal game. This Jet defense is tough, man. And they've made better quarterbacks than him and better offenses than him look really bad this year. I just have a feeling this Jet defense is trending in the direction where they're going to play three-point games the year out. And the offense isn't good enough to make me feel great about this game, but something just tells me they're coming off a brilliant performance against the lousy Bears. They're probably feeling good about themselves, and I don't trust this team in a big spot at all. This is a game they can't afford to lose if they really want to keep themselves in the AFC picture, and I just think the quarterback and the coach fall flat in the spot. I don't like Zach Wilson. I don't like this offense. I love the Jet defense. He will turn the ball over. He will turn the ball over late. The Jets are not losing this game by more than the field goal. So give me the Jets plus three and a half, Giants plus one and a half, Chiefs, Browns, Cincy. We'll come back with our take a chance parlay. You know what that means. ABBA right around the corner. 